What's up, everyone? You are tuned in to Three Questions in a Song, the podcast where the name says it all, except it doesn't. On this episode is going to be Roberto Montoya from Icons of Industry. You can find us live all over the internet currently. We're on XRP's radio. We're on Build a Scene radio. We're on music from the 412. We're on First Angel Media. So if something happens to the feed you're on, just pop over to one of those and let's get started. Hello, sir. Hey. How are you doing? I'm doing good. Apologize for being late. I don't know how that works. Are people just waiting? <laughs> so tuning, tuning out. So what I did was at about 8.45, I was like, I bet he doesn't realize that there's a time difference. So I changed the time. Gotcha. <laughs> So now we're in the middle of the times. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I became familiar with you on um, XRP Radio. So you're in the States, but I had to go to Scotland to find out about you. Oh, man. Okay. <laughs> um, not really. I listen to radio from Scotland. But <laughs> so let's start out with, if, if I remember correctly, um, it's the band is you and then you have people from all over the world that, that help play. Yeah. So that's why I call it a collective as opposed to a band. I mean, it's, it might be a subtle difference, but kind of, I'm trying to indicate that people kind of come in and come and go. So musicians come in and out. I do try and work with people locally whenever I can. So I like to have like a core set of people that are local that I can get together with in the same room and then jam, but sometimes that's not possible. So, yeah, I have like a, a network of people that I that I work with to put uh, music together on recordings. So when when you come up with a song, yeah. um, how much input to do the other people in the collective have after after you come together? Yeah, so I I give everybody basically full creative freedom. The only restrictions that I impose is on lyrics because uh, I think we were talking a little bit earlier. So I'm a Christian. So my lyrics are coming from that perspective. So not everything has to be about God per se, but when I'm talking about a, something, a subject, I'm, I'm talking at it through the lens of Christianity. So I have a certain perspective on the world. So my lyrics are coming from, so if people want to contribute lyrics, they just have to kind of conform to, to that perspective. In other words, like for example, like I won't, I won't sing a song that glorifies some like, you know, debauchery, for example, just a, just a, you know, simple example of something like that. But other than that, musically, I, I really like when other people bring in their perspective because that I think adds a new, a, another dimension to the sound as opposed to just me for me, like, you know, a, a lot of solo people can do that. I mean, I could, if I wanted to, I could put play different instruments, but I think that, will give it more of a one dimensional sound. So I, I let people just do whatever they want. But then after everything sent to me, when I'm putting a track together, I will edit and cut and move. For example, a keyboard player might send me his keyboard line all the way through the song. And I might not want the keyboard to come in until in the chorus, for example. So I'll just cut out that part and then, and, and or maybe I'll move it around. So, so I do have as a producer, you know, putting the producer hat on, <laughs> I'll do that. Yeah. Um, 
how how do you you mentioned your lyrics like are they usually like based on something that happened in in your life or are they they just come to you how, yeah how, i think i think uh it just different themes so some of them will be about my life you know typically like um like a um kind of a testimony song we'll talk about my experience my where i came came from where i'm at now and how i got here so those are the kind of things that i might talk about sometimes i'll have a theme that i wanted like for example flames of change that's the you know i noticed in our uh advert we have the the cover to the to that song that's our latest single that we've just released so that is a, a topical song about basically the the final judgment uh of babylon as reflected in in the bible in the book of revelation so things like that um sometimes the song will just be a poem so just you know words that that can flow and it doesn't really have a a concrete uh topic people can interpret in different ways so poetic themes are also there in in the music you just made me i was i did a guest on a podcast last night as a round table and jim morrison came up and and oh, acted yeah. most of his songs were poems beforehand right or but, like you know like Kurt Cobain, you know like yeah libido my mosquito you know that kind of nonsensical rhymes and stuff <laughs> like that are those are fun too so um so now I'm going to move into to what I call my my I'm going to call it an odd question. But <laughs> um, what what is the best pizza you've had because you're a musician? <laughs> because I'm a musician. Yes. So you have to link it to maybe. Uh, gotcha. When you're recording oh, that's, or that's or an a easy show. One. Or... That's it. So right away to my it comes uh, Hoex Pizza, Hoex Pizza on Sixth Street in Austin. It's literally just like you're walking by a couple of different places and there's like a wall and there's a window and it's a hole in and it's called Hoex Pizza. So when I'm downtown 6th Street, you know, performing or doing a show there, like that's always a stop. And Rapolo's is another one. But yeah, I just off the top of my head, Hoex, because it's called Hoex Heavy Metal Pizza. Oh, cool. And and they're always playing heavy metal music when you're up there ordering Kinhiris. And as a matter of fact, I discovered a couple of bands by walking up there to order a pizza and then i'm like oh who's that and then they tell me who the band is and i'm like oh cool and i had never heard and they kind of catch my ear so yeah that would be my answer to that um i just a few years ago when i uh right after i picked up the name build the scene because i was running under ak music scene which you can still access but <laughs> um there was a group of people from austin that came here to pittsburgh and basically took a look at our music scene and came up with this real thick document that I only read part of <laughs> um, about what, what Pittsburgh needed to do to fix their music scene. Yeah. Um, but um, build a scenes website is actually loosely based on the Austin, Texas um, uh, website there. Oh, really? Yeah. I, okay. I, I went there and, and, that's that's what I used as inspiration. So there's a pretty vibrant music scene there, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, some would argue that there isn't, right? Well, so, that, that happens yeah. here too. <laughs> yeah. So I got here. I got here around uh, 1998, the end of 1998. Uh, you know, it was billed as the Austin as the live music capital of the world, right? And I think it still is. So I have a background in, in computers and music. So when I, I Austin hit my radar, like, oh, that's cool. It's got Austin has tech, Austin has music. 
so when I got here, you know, I really started to plug into the scene and I don't know, maybe, maybe it's cause I haven't, I don't go out as much, but it seemed like there was more going on uh, live music wise here in Austin. And maybe it was, you know, obviously COVID slowed some of that down, but yeah. Yeah. It, it definitely, definitely. There's a scene, here. but there's a scene for sure. I mean, there's, there's a good scene. There's, there's metal here. There's a lot of, there's a lot of like blues and country as well. That's not really my thing. And lately I've been getting into a lot of electronic music. So I don't know if you caught any of that stuff that I'm doing. So I'm, I'm working on that's, that's under my name. If Roberto Montoya, that's a solo. So I have my own, I have a different profile with a different type of catalog that I put out on my, on my own solo kind of brand, so to speak. Uh, and it's, it's electronic. So I've been getting plugged into the electronic music scene here in Austin. Um, if you could sit down with any songwriter in the history of the world and write a song with them, who would you want to sit down with? In the history of the world, huh? Yep. So wow. anyone living or dead, basically. <laughs> yeah. I would say King David would be my pick. I don't know if you've heard of King That's, David. And it, are you talking about from the Bible? or Yeah, you, yeah. Yeah. The, <laughs> yeah, the King David. He wrote all the Psalms, right? So he wrote, and those are actually songs. So I would love to hear, you know, it mentions in the scripture about different instruments, like the 10 string lyre and different exotic type of instruments. And it, I would just love to hear what that sounds like. And his voice, you know, his voice would actually uh, cast out demons and stuff like that. So it's, yeah, I would love to sit down with King David and, and do a jam. <laughs> I think that's I think that's the furthest back we've ever gone. <laughs> um, so this next one, uh, I'm being metaphorical. I think that's the word I want. Um, so what I'm really asking you before I ask the question is, what is a goal you haven't reached? But the way I'm going to ask it is a little different. Okay. Um, so Robert Johnston in the Legends of of the blues went to the crossroads and sold his soul to the devil to become a better guitarist. Right. So if you were at that same crossroads, why would you be there? If I was at the same crossroads, why would I be there? Well, I guess at this point it would be more like a make believe. Cause I don't know if I would be there. You know what I'm saying? So I guess if I was in an alternate universe, like in the, that's why I, I led with the really it's a, it's a goal that that you want to reach. yeah <laughs> yeah I think I think uh, yeah it would be all along the same lines you know to to be a better musician you know to to be able to uh, go beyond the limits of of where I would be at at the time you know, in terms of skill and and musical ability so I guess I would I would fall back to that same type of motif you know. Um, so you can, we're going to stick with that alive or dead. You, you're going to sit down for dinner with yeah. four people. One of them has to be a musician and the other three, there are no caveats. You can pick whoever you want. Yeah. Who would you want to sit down and have dinner with? Oh, now keep man. in mind, they're all going to be with you at the same time. So yeah, you may not yeah. want to pick people that will clash. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe you do want to pick people that will clash. Oh, that's it'll true. Be, it'll be more fun. Ah, uh, wow. That's an interesting question. Um, so I think, I think, uh, who would I pick? 
it's escaping me right now. Let's say one will be one has to be musicians, the other ones don't have to be musicians. Correct. So I would say maybe Beethoven for the musician. You know, I would just like to hear his stories and kind of hear something from his from his experiences. Uh maybe Newton would be one uh who else would be one <laughs> do you what do you think yeah. newton would think if we told him that everybody thinks an <laughs> apple fall and, fell and hit him yeah right <laughs> uh da vinci would be another interesting person uh now of course none of them probably speak english but uh, <laughs> uh let's see who two, one more two more one more one more let's see maybe burt reynolds if he shows up, I'm going for a ride in, in the chair. Yeah. <laughs> you kind of segued into, help me segue into the next question. All right. So you're leaving a show. Yeah. And as you're leaving, you notice there's a DeLorean sitting there with its door open and a flux capacitor in the back seat. Yeah. Which means you can borrow it because you can bring it back to the exact same time. Nobody will know you had it. <laughs> Where are you going in time and what band are you going to hang out with while you're wow. there? Wow. <laughs> well, it that's interesting because I would tend to want to go in the future, so okay. I don't know what what bands would be in the future. You know what I mean? Uh, I would, I guess, I'd say I'd go into the future and and I'd want to see like who is the hottest band at the time, and then go see them. You know? Oh, why am I blanking on his names? The <laughs> gu guitarist from um from the Rolling Stones, um, Richard. Richards. Yeah. yeah, Keith Richards. Yeah, Keith Richards. Yeah. He'll probably be there. He'll be there. <laughs> um, I tell you what, let's take a short break. And, yeah. Um, and we will listen to Flames of Change. Cool. And uh, we will be right back.
if for some reason you hired me to be your your bus driver on a tour, yeah, what what music would we be playing in between tour stops? What music would we be playing? Uh I know it seems like a weird question, but really it's who influenced you. Yeah. So there's a, yeah, I mean, I mean, influences are, are cool, but in the early, early days, it was uh, the rock, the, the prog rock stuff, you know, like Led Zeppelin. Yes. Um, you know, Mahavishnu orchestra, that kind of thing. Right. So like progressive rock was the, was what I was listening to when I was younger. And then, you know, then it got to like heavier stuff like black Sabbath and then metal, you know, maiden and, and Ozzy, you know, uh, Judas priest and all that stuff. And then after that, the grunge scene, right. The nineties stuff, Soundgarden, Nirvana was, was pretty cool too, but more, I was mainly into like Alice in Chains and Soundgarden stuff. And then, uh, yeah. And then pretty much got into like also electronic music along the way as well. Square Pusher, Aphex Twin, you know, bands like that. Crystal Method. That is a cool band name and a terrible band name at the same time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so recently on both my podcasts, I've kind of been asking this question. Um, how does it feel? Like, take me from the point where you start writing a song to when it gets released, like right before you release it, what what's that feel like knowing that you're at the end? So it, there's obviously a sense of, of satisfaction knowing that, that something was accomplished, right? So there's different emotions that are, that are occurring throughout the different uh, phases of the songwriting process, right? So when there's a lot of curiosity in the initial stage, you know, what am I gonna write about? What instruments am I gonna use? So there's a lot of curiosity and in digging into that. And then once you start actually laying things down and recording parts and pieces, then it, it becomes a little, that's the most um, stressful part for me because you're, you're having to think and like what fits here and what, and what goes there and all that. And then uh, lyrics are the most difficult part for me. So that's where I really, I, I can get stuck there sometimes for months, like not being able to come up with, with lyrics that I'm happy with. Uh, normally as a, as a, as a songwriter, I normally write melody first. So I'll come up with a riff, you know, on, on the guitar or the keys, uh, normally, and then I'll come up with a melody line, a vocal melody, melody line that goes on top of that. And then once I'm, ha and then I'll sing, uh, like a scratch vocal with a, with phonetic, what I call phonetic placeholders, basically just gibberish that, that sounds like right. words that, that would fit that melody. Once I record that, then that's what I use all the way through till the very end. I'll, I'll even send that out to my drummer, to my bassist, to my different, to my musicians. Everybody's hearing those those vocal just so they can get a sense of the melody and the, and the phrasing. And then at the very end, I'll I'll go back and I'll and I'll actually do the real lyrics. So uh, so when by the time I'm done and I'm coming and I finish the final lyrics and, and I'm happy with them, that's when really the you know elation comes in like i feel really good and and the satisfaction starts to kick in and then after that then again back to more stress about okay how am i gonna release this you know promotion that's a whole other side of things that that it's not a lot of fun but you know and, and that's something that's different today than it was in like the 70s and um 
that that brings me to to Gene Simmons, who Kiss comes up a lot. I'm a Kiss fan. He says that Rock is dead, and I kind of disagree with him. I just think that the um, the music industry as he knew it is dead. Yeah, you know, and like, could he if he was in his twenties now? Could he survive where he has where the artist is doing all the work up front, which is really what's happening? You know, the labels labels look for people that are already making money before they sign them. Yeah, whereas before it was, they were looking for talent and they made the talent make. Yeah, money. right. They they cultivated the talent and they kind of developed. You know, that's artist development, right? It was what was it called? Uh, yeah, artist development was was the expression. So they would develop you. They saw the potential, and then they would groom you and 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 cultivate you into the into the artist that they wanted, and then that's how it went. But I think that still exists, but it's it's definitely different now in this in this time. That's you know you, you can you can record in your own home. Um, in fact, I'm sitting in my own little studio. <laughs> yeah, um, literally, it's in my living room. <laughs> And there's musicians right now that have millions and millions of sometimes billions of streams and 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 views, and they're they did it all in their bedroom, mm-hmm. and they're not on they're not on a label. They're they're independent. So I think obviously the internet has really changed the game, uh, but it's it's almost like it's I don't know if there's a really a, a, a recipe or a formula you can just follow A B C and then and then hit big. I think there's a lot of different variables that have to come coming together and i think you know the who you know and all that still applies even today um if you were going to talk to yours we're, we're going to use that delorean again but this time <laughs> we're definitely going back going backwards yeah if you're going to talk to yourself when you first were a musician what's mm-hmm. one piece of advice that you would take back and say hey you need to know this yeah i think from a music perspective, I would tell myself to to work on on other instruments. You know, I focused so much on the guitar in my early days. That's still my primary instrument. I'm picking up other things now. With uh, but I would I would tell myself to to spend time on other instruments, like you know, especially the keyboard, piano, and maybe drums. Yeah. Um. Can you remember the point where? where you knew that you were going to be a musician, like what clicked? Well, I, I was a musician in, in band. So when I was in, in, in middle school, actually, my parents, they put me in band. So in that, and technically that was, you know, I was a musician at that point. So that was, again, that was their idea. I actually didn't like it at first. <laughs> then I started liking it because it was, but it was more of the, uh, the, the camaraderie and the kind of hanging out with friends and like, you know, going to, to do a, a band performance at another, you know, going over, spending overnight and all that. So that whole, the whole scene was, I think was more of what I got into as opposed to the music itself. But then about, you know, 16, 17 years old, uh, I I saw that my dad played guitar and then that, that caught my interest in my ear. So it was like the, the hit playing guitar. And then, and then I started getting it, like I said, into that other guitar music really, I guess prog rock and that that piqued my interest and i want to start playing electric guitar so i think it, i think it was my dad is the one who really sparked that curiosity first because he and he it was like a nylon string so it was, it was more like 
it was very simple. Like he was not a, you know, classically trained musician or anything. It was just simple strumming, simple chords, but just, I guess just him playing and then hearing those sounds like, Oh, wow, that's really cool. I want to learn about that. Um, what, what are, are you a gearhead by chance? Like, is there a certain piece of equipment that you can't go on stage without? No, I'm not really much of a gearhead. Uh, I, I'm more focused on the songwriting. And as a matter of fact, my my right now I just I just got a uh, it's a, it's called an Eventide H90. Some people may know it. It's 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 a, it's an effects unit like about that big, and it's got all the effects you can think of. You know, delay, chorus. I mean, you name it. But but before this, I had a, a small pedal board that had you know chorus delay distortion and then i had an auto wah like an, it's called an envelope filter and that was it and my tuner so it i i intentionally made that choice back and i had that for years you know like the last i would say seven years i had i would use that because i the, i it forced me to focus on the songwriting as opposed to twiddling with knobs and, and and fiddling around with different sounds which is really fun but you can do that for days and days and never write a yes. song so I made that intentional choice to do that. But now, you know, just like I said, just recently, I'm now into exploring more of the different sounds. And I think it's because of my my uh, work with electronic music. I'm get, I just put together a rig. I might, I might show you right now if I get my laptop and kind of show you where I'm sitting yeah. right here. And I've got my keyboard. I've got the effects unit right here. I've got a, a MIDI controller. And I've got my setup. I was actually jamming right before we got on the on the phone to uh, on the podcast to talk about everything. But yeah, that's, so now I'm more into like figuring out, okay, what kind of fun, you know, pieces of equipment can create interesting textures. Well, let's get this out, out of the way. Where can you be found on the internet? So the listeners and viewers okay. can find you. Yeah. So for icons of industry, it's icons of industry.org. So if you go there, uh, yep. You just go there and that's kind of a, that's the main page. And then from there, there's there's links to YouTube, Spotify, Bandcamp, the whole thing, uh, Instagram and all that. Uh, so that's for icons. And then my solo stuff, I'm only right now on Instagram and on Bandcamp. So it's uh, it's Armontoya512, as in the Austin area code, Armontoya512 at Instagram. That's where I'm at for IG stuff. And then you just look for Roberto Montoya at, on, on the Apple Music and Spotify and all that stuff, and you'll find me there. It's it's like I said, that's more of the electronic stuff, but very cool. Um, yeah. And what what do you have coming up next? Are you releasing music? Well, I was gonna talk to you. Yeah, yeah. So I was gonna mention like so. I don't know if it's if you could play a clip of. I've got some. I've got two new tracks that I'm working on for Icons of Industry. Uh, I'm I plan to release them as a split single, like so two songs as a single uh, called Heavy Locust. So the, the, the title track, Heavy Locust, is going to be uh, a, a very heavy guitar-driven track with, with synthesizer. Uh, I think it's going to be reminiscent of like a, that, that old-school prog, you know, on meters. It actually has uh, 4, 4, 5, 4, 6, 4, and 7, 4 time signatures all in, the same, in one song. And, and I can talk a little bit about time signatures. But, so that's Heavy Locust. And then another one's called Eloquence, and that's more of a ballad type of track with it's got mandolin and harp. There's a harpist from Austin. Her name is Sarah Hall. So she's on there. Uh, and it's got piano and stuff. So I've got those two tracks queued up. I'm still fitting that. I'm, I'm, in, I'm in the lyrics phase right now. So all the instrumentation is done except for 
in eloquence uh megan burson she's she plays violin on for, for the icons of industry project she actually there's a we have a song called cedars of lebanon that she played violin and viola on uh awesome musician so she's adding uh some violin and strings to eloquence but the the heavy locust is done and i'm in the phase where i'm writing lyrics and recording the vocals so all the, the instrumentation like i said is done so I can even send you a, a clip if you wanted to play some of that stuff. So that's what I've got with icons. And then with uh, with my electronic music, I just released a melodic techno uh, EP with a techno producer from Austin named Reese, R-H-Y-S. And we did a collab on some melodic techno and that just dropped. And I'm working on a, a cassette uh, a release for that EP. So it's, it's going to be uh, like, 10 copies, like super limited edition. It's going to have the the EP on side A and then side B is going to be a lot of like uh, B-sides, just unreleased demos and like cool remixes of stuff that's not, that we haven't released and all that. I want to thank you for coming on episode 102. Everyone who was tuned in or is watching this or listening to this, make sure you go to iconsofindustry.org. Um, look up, it was R, R Montoya 512 yeah and instagram on instagram yeah. and uh go to buildscene.com and you'll be able to find all the information that was on this episode cool